Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. We're on episode 14 now. Super Wild Card Weekend was last week. The divisional round is this week. We have a bunch of teams eliminated from this season and a great show planned for today. I'm going to go ahead and start off the show today with my wild card reactions in a segment at this point I think is going to need its own name at this show. Every single week, I seem to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys just around the amount of headlines and stories they make. And this segment should just be called Dallas Discomfort. For the last 25 years, all they've been is discomfort. So on today's edition of Dallas Discomfort, Dallas last week lost to the 49ers in the playoffs at home, as a lot of you guys know, and they were scrutinized for a lot of the plays, especially the QB draw that they called at the end of the game. Now, if we go back earlier in the game, for one, the QB draw would have never been a problem if they still had a timeout left and they would have clock managed better. But... Mike McCarthy, of course, as always, dating back all the way to 2013-2014 until Rodgers in the Super Bowl couldn't disguise him any longer, has been messing up clock. He's always been messing up the clock, taking timeouts when he doesn't need to take timeouts and doesn't trust his quarterback. You are paying Dak Prescott $40 million a year. Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Manning, Elway, Montana, wouldn't have even considered a QB draw there. If Mike McCarthy calls a QB draw into the headset for any of those quarterbacks, I promise you they're audibling out of it. But they're not even that. If there's a button to turn off the headset, they're turning it off. They are paying you to make big boy throws in crisis situations. That's what $40 million means. Big boy throws in crisis situations. McCarthy is doing just enough to stay around. He's always done this, and I promise you, I dealt with it for 10 years. He does enough, just enough to stay around. Now, on Sunday, Dak looked closer to Jimmy G than he did to Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, other guys that are around his age. Joe Burrow's going to get paid what he's getting paid. Patrick Mahomes is getting paid what Dak's getting paid. Because Dak doesn't have a coach that will unlock something for him and for that offense. Dak isn't talented enough to overcome a bad head coach like Aaron Rodgers was. Aaron Rodgers put up some great seasons. But now, at 37-38, he's nearing towards the back end of his career. He's having the best seasons ever. He's about to win back-to-back MVPs. If he wins this weekend, he could go to three straight NFC Championship games. And it amazes me. Without Mike, now at 38, Rodgers is better than he ever was. And Dak isn't as talented as Rodgers. He's not going to be able to overcome that for 10 years. McCarthy should get fired this offseason. It was never looked this easy. With McCarthy, with Aaron Rodgers, like Rodgers and McCarthy. It never looked this easy, but it looks great now. But it never looked easy. Have you ever thought that Mike McCarthy outdueled Matt LaFleur, outdueled Kyle Shanahan, outdueled Sean McVay? Dak sometimes does, but Mike 
has never outdueled one of those coaches. And it always seems to become a problem. Steven Jones, high guy in the Cowboys organization and executive, has come out and said he is very confident that McCarthy will be the coach next year, which I am surprised by, except for the fact that it's coming out of Dallas. In my opinion, I think Dan Quinn is the best guy for this job. Dan Quinn is out of there this offset. There is he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. He's been to a Super Bowl. He has a good record. And if it wasn't for him being in Atlanta, if he would have been somewhere else making that kind of say, he'd probably still be around. But Atlanta is just another poor run franchise at points. Dan Quinn has had four head coaching interviews this week. He's going to get a job somewhere. And sometimes in a business, you got to make a move a year early. That's how you get ahead of the curve. McCarthy, if he doesn't get fired this season, he's going to get fired next season. And you're not going to have Dan Quinn to take a space. Dan Quinn in one offseason completely changed the whole defense. And by week three, they were already hitting. It didn't take like week eight for them to get going. By week three, they were already firing. Dan Quinn should take over this team. He could do wonders for the offense, get a good offensive coordinator in there, and things would change a lot. He's changed the defense in a year, almost won a Super Bowl with Atlanta, has a good record, and McCarthy is going to keep driving them down the drain next year and wasting Dak's career, which he needs to be built up. Like I said, Dak needs a coach that is going to build him up. That is an offensive mastermind like a LaFleur, Shanahan, or McVay. Now, speaking of McVay and another offensive mind, mastermind, Cliff Kingsbury, Rams at Cardinal or Cardinals at Rams was this past weekend. And at, guys, at this point, OBJ is better than I ever thought he was going to be with the Rams. I knew he was going to have a few touchdowns, but in the past game, he had 94 total yards, a receiving touchdown, threw an amazing ball. He helped out on all three of the Rams' touchdowns. He threw that ball for one of them, caught a 30-yard ball, and then caught another one. The Rams just need a few pop plays a night, and he gives them that. They have a talented enough team with Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, Cam Akers coming back. They have a talented enough team. They just need a couple of those pop plays. And now they also have Vaughn Miller, who has six sacks in the last five games, giving them them pop plays. Rams are turning into one of the scariest teams in the NFL at this point. And if it, he was OBJ was never a fit for the Browns. It was just never working at Baker. I don't know if you got Baker came out with a video the other day. He got surgery and he seemed optimistic about next season. And I know I trashed Baker a lot this season. I'm still going to be rooting for him next season. I'm sure he's not going to play good, but still going to be rooting for him next season. I like Baker. It's just he's got to set his ego behind him. And look at Stafford. They got Stafford, too. Stafford was mismanaged for years. He should never be a guy who has to carry a team. Tom was never someone like that. Stafford only had to throw the ball 17 times last game, and they blew out the Cardinals. They rely on their running game, they rely on their defense, and they rely on the pop plays like the New England Patriots and Tom Brady did for all those years when they won. And that's why this Rams team is really scaring me coming into the playoffs, especially after the Cardinals game. 
95% of players cannot overcome chaos. Stafford never had a game like that in Detroit. OBJ never had a game like that with the Browns. And this team is playing like the best team in the NFC because they don't have chaos. They're well-managed. And all these talented players that people were trying to count out, trying to say, oh, he's a nutcase, all this stuff, or oh, he's not that good. Look at him now in a stable environment. Overcoming chaos is the hardest thing to do in an NFL franchise. And you guys will hear me talk about chaos a couple more times today. It's one of the hardest things you can do. Now, flipping over to the AFC side, I want to talk about the Patriots and Bills just for a little bit. Patriots people are hating on Bill. So a few people come out this week, a few different sports broadcasters. I try and watch as many different type of people throughout the week to get the get uh, all basis of sides, see what people are thinking. It helps me expand and get some more get better topics for you guys. And I was seeing from a lot of guys, people were hating on Bill, saying he's 70 years old, he can't adapt, uh, Mac Jones isn't going to be the guy for him. And I want everybody to remember who Bill Belichick has been. The master of adapting, even at 70. Him and Nick Saban, been buddies since the 70s, are the masters at adapting. Now, I'm going to propose something for the Patriots, and people are going to say this is bold, but Bill, in my opinion, he's 70. He could coach till he's 80 if he wants. That's getting kind of old. Say he has five years left. Five years, you're going to have to play Josh Allen 10 times minimum, and you guys saw what Josh Allen just did to him in the playoffs. We're going to get to him, but holy hell. The problem with the Patriots is max ceiling. So I'm just throwing out there. Don't be surprised if Bill Belichick, he's one of the few people in this league that would make this move, trades Mac Jones this offseason and gets an elite QB. You have to play Josh Allen minimum 10 times in the next five years. He just threw seven straight touchdowns against your defense in freezing cold weather. In order for him to beat Josh Allen and get through the playoffs and see Allen twice, he's got to get someone with a higher ceiling than Mac. You can overcome COVID. You can overcome injuries, stuff like that. What you can't overcome in the NFL is chaos and a low ceiling. The Bills, they look absolutely pissed last Saturday. They had seven straight possessions with touchdowns against the Patriots, which is a playoff record. It was like, Oprah, you get a touchdown, and you get a touchdown, and you get a touchdown. They were throwing all over that field that entire game, and the Bills look incredibly scary to me. But I also want you guys to remember something, and once we get to the divisional round, I'm going to say this even more. Josh Allen has a history of playing extremely good football, followed by a game of good football. So just remember that when we get there. Now going on to the last game I want to talk about from Wild Card Weekend, Raiders versus Bengals. I'm going to start with the Raiders and what I think they should do with their coach this offseason. I watched two interviews last night. 
one with Max Crosby, one with Derek Carr, and both have come out in support of interim head coach Rich Bisaka. They had a ton of overtime and close games this year. It was an I believe it was an NFL record. If not, it was close to an NFL record with how many overtime games and overtime wins they had. So combined with the overtime, combined with the rugs and the Gruden situation and all the bad things that have happened with their team this year, Rich was able to stick those guys' nose in the dirt and just go out there and play football and got them to the playoffs. They might not want a game, but they were outmatched against Burrow and the Bengals. And they kept it close down there until then. They only lost by seven. And they had the opportunity to get that touchdown. This locker room wants rich. It's the best thing the Raiders can do right now to make their locker room happy instead of continue mismanagement by the organization, which has been for the last few years. Transferring over to the other side of that game, the Bengals, Joe Burrow is effing amazing. Oh my God. In the last, it, it, so Joe Burrow last year, after a few weeks, tore his ACL. So he did not get as much development time as many of the other people. And it's like in front of our eyes, we're watching him blossom. It's amazing. The first six weeks, he looked great, obviously. The following six weeks up to week 12, he really started to hike up the hill. And then since then, it's like he is driving a Ferrari up a straight incline hill. With his progression, it's right. His last three games, 76.5 completion, 1,215 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a QBR of 134. He had 244 pass yards, two touchdowns against the Raiders. They looked like the better team. They looked great. And this happens every year with players. They take steps during the season. But it some this rarely happens as great as this is happening. Joe is taking a monstrous step this season, and he's looking like a guy that's already in year six, seven, eight in the league. And don't take my word for it. That is cornerbacks who have said and watched the film, and they're like guys. He and other quarterbacks. Carson Palmer said this too. He looks like a guy who is a six, seven, eight year veteran at this point and deserves. 40 million a year like Dak Prescott being bummy and doing a QB draw kids. But I think uh, due to injuries, the way I've structured this team, they were the weakest link that coming into the season. No one was thinking they were going to win their division. I think Joe Burrow deserves a little bit more MVP love. It's just between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Give them a couple votes. They don't even have an indoor practice facility. Their ownership is terrible. Give Joe Burrow a little bit of love. And if not this year, I promise you he's going to get some love next year. Now we're going to go on to the divisional round for this week. And we got some big matchups. And last week, there was some pressure on some guys. Uh, I think... Mike McCarthy had pressure on him last week. Josh Allen probably had a little bit of pressure on him last week to perform. There was a few other guys. Jimmy Garoppolo really needed to go out there, get a win. And Mike McCarthy obviously let us let the people down. And Joe Burrow performed. Josh Allen performed. And this week, I'm asking you guys, who do you think has all the pressure? Mahomes? Hardly any team gets to three Super Bowls straight. Never happens. 
Brady, he's 44. Would anyone really knock on him if he didn't make it and won a Super Bowl for back-to-back years? Stafford, at this point, he's already won a playoff game. He won the hardest division. He is the highest fourth-quarter QBR. Joe Burrow exceeded expectations this season by far. He blew everyone out of the water. Like I just said, everyone was expecting them to not even really be in it and look at him now. Tennessee, I'm still wondering how they should be here. Them and Mike Variable and Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry went down eight, ten weeks ago, and they're in the one seat. It's incredible. Now you look San Francisco and Green Bay. In my opinion, the two teams with all the pressure. Garoppolo, for one, is fighting for his job. I think he's done. Garoppolo's probably going to be out of San Francisco. Last game showed Dallas could have came back and win, won that game. Should not have been that close, and Jimmy G cannot play that type of way. And on the Packers' side, Aaron Rodgers is 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. Had all off-season drama, the COVID stuff. He's had an extra, wasn't here all off-season. I could not imagine the media Monday morning if the Packers and Aaron Rodgers lost this game. There's no way everyone in that locker room understands this is a winning organization and starting it off San Francisco at Green Bay. My money line pick for this week's got to be Green Bay. San Francisco drafted Trey Lance for situations like this. Jimmy Garoppolo may have been able to go into Dallas, but I don't think Jimmy G can go into Green Bay and upset Green Bay, the number one seed. And that's why they drafted Trey Lance. They needed someone with a higher ceiling, like I've said earlier in this show. The 49ers would literally, will have to play perfect for Jimmy G to win, and Jimmy G did not play anywhere close to perfect last week. Their recipe to win is 100% to run the ball. Packers have a very poor run defense, and they've just been getting run past people. It's not – if they – the Packers lock down the run, they'll win the game. And in a freezing cold game in Lambeau, there is going to be mistakes on the 49ers' part. Aaron Rodgers is going to come for those young corners, those inexperienced quarters on San Francisco heavy, and I don't see a problem for the Packers here. Uh, You guys, if you've been watching me since I started this show, I've never bet with the Packers, and this week I'm sucked into a position where I have to make, like I have to say my opinion on the Packers game, which I hate, but there is no reason why we should not win this game, and I'll be very upset. Rams at Bucks. This is going to surprise people, but I think I have to take the Rams to win here on the money line. Bucks are extremely banged up. They're one of the most banged up teams left. In the last two years, they have played more games than anyone else because last year they made the Super Bowl, also had the wild card game. This year they had the wild card game as well. And they're just not healthy. It happened Brady's last year. They weren't really healthy. Uh, Granted, you can also say their minds weren't fully in it and some other things as well. But I don't see the Bucs beating this Rams team with how good math staff you best fourth quarter QBR, best second half completion percentage in the NFL. The Rams are loaded all over the field. They get pop plays everywhere. They can really get after the quarterback, which Brady is going to get beat up 
I don't think it's going to go good for the Bucks, and I got to take the Rams there. Third game of the weekend, Bengals at Titans. All of the games, in my opinion, are pretty close. They got good teams, even San Francisco Green Bay. It could turn out close. They are two very talented teams, except for this game. I don't, I don't think it's close. I think the Titans will win this game by a lot. Derrick Henry is coming back. And just like I've said a lot on this show, it can't just be it can't just be the QB making all the all the action. And that's what I feel like the Bengals are right now. They still have a terrible offensive line. Joe Burrow is running around making magical plays and that can't happen in the divisional round going into Tennessee with how passionate a fan base they are, how loud they're going to be that great of a defense. Bengals have given up the third most sacks and Tennessee is great at getting after the quarterback. They are the only team in the league with three players with eight plus sacks. Burrow is going to get rocked. Titans are six and two against teams with a winning record. They're at home after a bye. Derrick Henry is back. Titans are surging and Raiders kept it close with the Bengals. Bengals aren't going to be able to keep it close with the Titans. Hammering the Titans here. Titans money line. And last game of the weekend, Bills at Chiefs. And Josh Allen has this thing, just like a lot of young quarterbacks do. He, Mahomes goes through a stretch every single season so far. He has about a month where he's just not really himself. He has a couple off weeks. It's just not the best. It's okay. That's what young quarterbacks do. They're still figuring it out. And what Josh Allen's thing is, he has a great week, then follows it by an okay week. Patrick, in the last two months, month and a half, has been absolutely electric. It's at the Chiefs. It really, really hurts me to take the Chiefs, especially at like you see the Stefan Diggs at standing on the field after the AFC championship game last year, stuff like that. Chip on your shoulder is the biggest thing ever. And I think they're going to have a huge chip on their shoulder. I think the Chiefs are going to win the football game. I got to take the Chiefs. And before... We jump on to, I forgot last week that I never made my Super Bowl and award predictions, my final picks of the year. So I'm going to make those picks. But before we get on to that, I want to talk a bit about the Washington football team. And I'm doing this because my dad sent me a little something earlier this week. And I've seen it circulating around a lot since then. This year in the NFC playoffs, there is Bruce Arians. Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay left. Now back, I believe it was 2013, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay all worked for the Washington football team. They all worked there at the same time. And now all this, I'm bringing this up because of all the problems they've experienced this season. With their stadium, we've seen the water leaks, seen the scissors on the field. We've seen fans falling on uh, Jalen Hurts and it being a serious problem. See all the stuff going on in their front office with the Dan Snyder investigation, all these emails. It's not pretty. And their, their name, 
all sorts of controversy. They're not even really selling. They haven't been selling out their stadium earlier this year when they were almost in playoff contention. That was most backed. I've seen their stadium in a long time before Ron Rivera. They had three coaches dating back 2008. And I'm not going to go back to before 2008, 2008, 2009, Jim Zorn. He went 12 and 20. Mike Shanahan from 2010 to 2013, 24 and 40. And Jay Gruden, 2014 to 2019, 35, 49 and 1. While you have Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay in the building, you are hiring these other guys. And it hurts me for the football team. It hurts me for guys like the rest of my family who are all big football team fans. I'm the outlier. I'm the Packers fan. And the reason I'm going here, trashing on the front office's decisions, is because it's time to give Ron Rivera, Taylor Heineke, their defense in Jack Del Rio, their new president for, uh, they hired a couple of years ago, Jason Wright, which people love, credit for what they've done. If the football team wants to come back, which they need to come back, I promise you guys that they're going through this name change and it's going to create even more memes and more bad media and just people talking shit about the football team when they come out with this new name. I promise you guys, if they were winning the division and had 12 or 13 wins, no one would give a damn if they were named the Washington football team, the Washington poop team, no one would care what they were named if they were winning playoff games to get back to the great times like they had with Joe Gibbs. Something needs to happen throughout the front office and they need a new stadium. They're losing their fan base. They're losing money. They're they're just, they're turning into a clown stock of the NFL at the moment with all the things that went on this season with Washington, their team actually played good football at times, in my opinion, and could really get good if they had that QB or developed Heineke, in my opinion, which he could get there. They, the football team, they are turning into a joke otherwise. And the stadium they are in right now is the red nose to complete the clown costume. It's terrible. They need to move to a new stadium. They need to get some new front office guys, new ownership in there, and they need a revamp. I know the NFL hardly has ever stepped in in situations like this. Actually, I don't even know if they ever have. Something needs to change. Washington is a historic franchise. They had great years back in the 80s. They need to get back into contention. They've been out of it for too long. Going on now, I'm going to talk about my Super Bowl and award picks, which I forgot to do last week. I've been jumping back and forth on Super Bowl week. I, I got to tell you, I'm taking Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl at the NFC side. Uh, I don't think I've had, I, I like to root for them ever. I, obviously, I'm a big Packers fan, but I never try and pick the Packers. But this year, with me picking games for you guys, they are the best team there is no reason why they shouldn't win the Super Bowl. I'm really split between Kansas City and the Bills. I was just talking to you guys about the game. Since I think Kansas City is going to win, it's going to be Green Bay, Kansas City, State Farm Bowl. Going to be amazing. 
Aaron Rodgers, the State Farm veteran, is going to win it, win Super Bowl MVP, and Green Bay is going to be the Super Bowl champion. Aaron Rodgers is also going to win MVP. That is basically all wrapped up at this point. I can't imagine how biased I seem at the moment with this Aaron Rodgers jersey on, but it's game day tomorrow. Got to be wearing it. But he received 34 out of 50 AP votes. Those are the same guys who vote for the MVP. He's getting it at this point. Defensive player of the year, TJ Watt should get it. Tied the sack record, missed a lot of games. Steelers got to the playoffs barely. It was very impressive. He deserves it. Offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase, with everything he's done, with the last three-week surge going into the playoffs, how big he balled out that final week. It was like 266 yards, three touchdowns, NFL rookie wide receiver record for receiving yards. He deserves offensive rookie of the year. Defensive Rookie of the Year has been wrapped up since week eight. Michael Parsons, like minus 50,000 odds. It's insane at the moment. And Coach of the Year, I'm making my final pitch, guys. Matt LaFleur deserves it. People are talking about Mike Vrabel, other guys. Please give it to Matt with all the scrutiny, with all the controversy. Aaron Rodgers, COVID, they dealt with it. And look at him now. Matt LaFleur deserves coach of the year. He is the best coach in the NFL. I'm going to head on over to my lines of the week now. Last week, I went 6-0 throughout the money line, 4-2 betting the spread. It was another great week betting with the Adam Eisen show. And this week, we got four games for you guys to bet. Bengals at Titans. I told you guys I'm feeling confident about the Titans. I think the Titans are going to cover the 3.5 they're favored by. So Titans minus 3.5. San Francisco at Green Bay. Line has been shifting all week. It was around five and a half for most of the week. Now it has shifted to Green Bay minus six. My opinion, I see zero reason why Green Bay shouldn't win this game. Might just be because I'm a Packers fan, but I'm going to be pissed if it's a close game. They should win by 10. Hammer Green Bay minus six. Bills at Chiefs. This came down to basically like who I was picking to win because the line is only one and a half. For them to finish within one, that would be extremely rare. So you're basically just picking who you want to win here. So I got to take Chiefs minus 1.5. I think the Bills won't be able to go in there, beat the Chiefs. Josh Allen's going to have a sub-average game. It's not going to be a great day for the Bills. And Rams at Bucks. Bucks are favored by two and a half here. Told you guys, I think the Rams are going to win. So that means I got to take the Rams plus two and a half. Be sure to lock these in before tomorrow's games. Just to review, I got Titans minus three and a half, Green Bay minus six, Chiefs minus one and a half, and Rams plus two and a half. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. I'll see you all next week after another exciting weekend of playoff football. Go Pack Go!